What is up, everybody, and welcome to Grinders Live NBA for the uh, Friday playoffs. We're at roughly 11.15 Central Time, so we got about an hour and 15 minutes till these games kick off. Had to jump on the air here and walk you through some of our plays. It's, uh, you know, we got crunch time coming up next, so we got, we got plenty of content here on RG. We'll pull some of it up on my screen share, too, as we go along, but it's fun times, big prizes out there. So we're just going to get you cranked up here. This is all day basketball, Ireland games, one after another, after another. So if there's any news that breaks later on in the day, just remember to uh, keep the push alerts on for RG, the RG app. Keep following the Twitter. And then in the Discord, it's there's a little section, NBA news. It'll give you all the news right there. So that's what you need. That's all you need for injuries right there. Otherwise, we need to get cranked up today. I'm joined by one of the sharpest guys out there for sure, man. John, John Breslin's in the, in the house this morning, filling in as a little co-host with me. So, John, are you enjoying the NBA playoffs in this in this particular format, which is something we've never seen before? Yeah, it's interesting. I this is maybe the first day where the grind is starting to wear a little bit, and it's like, oh, it's you know, it's Nets Raptors again in Orlando. Mm. Um, but you know, it's all right. It's it's. It's cool to have all-day basketball. I mean, like I think we said before, it's like every day is Christmas, right? It's like that Christmas Day slate of, of you got a, a 1 p.m., a 3 p.m., you know, 6 p.m., then 9. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, this is this is our third uh, go-round with these particular teams. That's the one drawback here. If we, if we could get some mixture in there, that would have been great. If they would have scheduled like a complete day off somewhere in the middle of the week so that we could totally mix up the teams again, that would have been great. But, yeah, you know, beggars can't be choosers, man. A, a couple months ago, we, we had nothing. So here we are. But uh, so I want to kick it off today. We're going to walk through some individual players here soon. Oh, I got some questions for you on a slate like this. Strategy questions. Number one, uh, we have some – value out there some news you you really kind of got to make the value yourself and what you think there's no like clear-cut end of the season NBA like these guys are sitting this guy's a must play you just kind of got to make it yourself so are you more of a stars and scrubs guy in the playoffs like this where we, we've got a guy like Luca Joel and then you got the value is is iffy are you a stars and scrubs or do you just kind of like I'm just going to take my build and let, let the build take me where it goes it depends. You know, so yesterday I, I was very stars and scrubs, but I thought there was some untapped value out there. And I, I was right in some places, but wrong in others. Uh, today, I, you know, I think one of the biggest questions is, is what do you do with the value? Because a lot of the value seems to be coming from Brooklyn. Um, and I'm probably going to try to go a little bit more balanced than I maybe did yesterday. Like yesterday you had Giannis, you had LeBron, you know, you had Anthony Davis and James Harden. Those are kind of the four most expensive players. Uh, you know, this the, today is, you know, the Tuesday or I guess the Wednesday, Friday slate, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's more like Clippers are the highest price guys. We've got Joel Embiid. That's they're a little bit lower priced. So it's you probably don't have to reach as much for value. Yeah, there's there's interesting things about and, and then one one more strategy question here. So we got these island games, four games all separated by a few minutes. So you can watch a game and then, you know adjust your lineup if you want to. are you a I'm going to make my lineup and this is going to be it unless breaking news comes or are you a let me let me get some players in there whatever I like from the first game then I'll play it by ear as each game comes up what, which kind of format do you do you prefer 
So I try to stick with my lineup. Like I, I try to make good lineups going in. Uh, but then, yeah, unless there's breaking news, I try to stick with it because a lot of times I'm trying to do some kind of coordination within the lineup, right? Of, of uh, you know, uh, players that I think will do well together, you know, high, highly correlated players. But then, yeah, when you have breaking news, you kind of have to adjust that and sometimes you can throw the correlation of the lineup off. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've definitely made, I've made some uh, mistakes the past couple of days with, you, you say, okay, here's the first game. I like Jimmy Butler. Let me put Jimmy in there and then, and then I'll wait because you know I don't want to I don't want to have to adjust it later afternoon. So I'll wait to the next game. It's just that's not good. That's not that's not me. That's not good. But let's get to some players, man. People are here, guys. If you're in Chad, you're watching. Fire off some questions. We'll get to them later because uh, this is going to be relatively quick. I'm gonna pull up on my screen. I got the FanDuel lineup HQ up uh, just to walk through because they break it down position by position a little bit easier. So. Let's start off at point guard on FanDuel where, uh, you know, obviously on DraftKings there's a few more point guards out there, but the, the core of the point guards. we got guys like Kyle Lowry, Jamal Murray. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Jamal Murray, Kimba Walker I'll throw in there as your three big point guards on, on FanDuel. Where do you come across at the point guard position on those guys? Yeah, I don't like any of them. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah, um, I, I think point guard is really where I want to try to save some some salary today. Um, I'm not a huge fan, probably like Kemba the the most for the for the money, but I'm going to try to you know make some lineups avoiding all three of those guys. Man, that's interesting because once you get past those three, there's a big drop off in salary and and seemingly a pretty big drop off. And Mike Conley's a nice option today, coming back from. Uh, the birth of a child back. He, we've got the news that he should be active, and then after Conley, it's a real drop off. So, who's the who's the salary guys you're looking at? So, two fill-ins. Uh, Tyler Johnson is moving into the starting lineup, and then uh, Reggie Jackson as well. It's probably going to be moving into the starting lineup with Patrick Beverly doubtful. So, yeah, those are the two guys I'm going to be targeting the most, um, and I think that gives me a little bit of a different build because I think, you know, the end of the lap, right? Everybody starts out at point guard and looks at the most expensive guys and, and you know, tends to plug in those guys, and, you know, especially when they're not, when they don't break the bank like today. But I like the value. I like the value with Reggie Jackson and Tyler Johnson. I like Shake Milton as well, you know, on a point per dollar basis relative to like Jamal Murray or Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that's it. Shake Milton. Let me pull up his game log. He's, he's been interesting. He's had a nice little. Safe floor. Uh, you mentioned uh, Tyler Johnson as a guy you really like today. Was that is is it a guy who would be on your radar if they didn't just announce that he was in the starting lineup? Like if 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 that would have been some other player and, and Johnson was off the bench, would he still be this high on your radar? No, um, probably not. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's just the starting lineup minutes, and he's cheap, and I don't like the position anyway. But it, you know, this is going to be one of the biggest questions in this slate is the value seems to be coming from on both FanDuel and DraftKings across positions, really. The value comes with Brooklyn Nets. There's a reason for that. I mean, they're huge underdogs in a low, what could be a low-paced game against a good defensive team. So, you know, I, I think some of these optimal lineups that, that people are running are, are going to have be just littered with Brooklyn Nets. And, it's you know, I don't know how many of these guys you want, you know, with, with the team – you know, such a big underdog and, you know, such a low implied point total. But I, I think if I have to pick a guy, it's probably going to be Tyler Johnson. I pulled up the uh, Brooklyn court IQ here on the uh, RG, one of the RG tools we got. 
I took Kevin Durant off the court, obviously Durant, Kyrie, just for, and, and Spencer because these are regular season stats. So you take Spencer off, and then you add in taking off Joe Harris because he was a key piece in the playoffs and in the regular season. So you take him off. I added. I didn't just want those raw numbers. I want to add Karis LeVert and Jared Allen on the court because those guys are going to be on the court probably 40 minutes if this game is competitive. So whoever's surrounding them, you want to make sure how, – how do they perform with LeVert, Jared Allen on, but the other guys are – Joe Harris mainly is the guy we're looking at being off because he's gone. Guys, if you didn't know, Joe Harris has left the bubble, so he's not in there today. That's why we're getting all the value. Karis LeVert, obviously on the court, is the alpha here. Big, big points per – like 1.45 FanDuel points per minute with uh, Joe Harris off the court and Dinwiddie and those other guys. Jared Allen next. Those guys are no surprise. Chris Chioza. Now, he's a guy who's impressed me in the bubble, and uh, he's another cheap guy that we could – what do you think about Chris Chioza? He's getting a pretty good uh, a pretty good point per minute here with those guys off. Yeah, I like that. So Tyler Johnson and Chris Chioza kind of went back and forth starting, I think, in, during the bubble games. And, uh, yeah, Chioza's a guy, like, when Tyler Johnson doesn't have it, he can sometimes get the quick hook, and then Chioza goes in. So, I mean, I, I like Tyler Johnson as a safer play because I think he's going to get the starting minutes. He's going to get the first opportunity. And there's there's minutes to go around now, right? Joe Harris is out. So I think if Tyler Johnson's running cold, then maybe Chioza does get some run, and he can, you know, he's willing to shoot. So, yeah, it's a guy I'm interested in as a kind of low-owned pivot. Yeah, they, I think I think so also. There's, a, there's some other guys on here that are very interesting, and we're going to talk about them as we get through the position. So let's go ahead and go to shooting guard now. Uh, top of the list on on FanDuel at shooting guard is Luca. You get some multi-position eligibility on other sides. But Luca's at the top here. I mean, talk me through Luca today. Such a high salary, such a good player, though. I have my – like, I'm on the fence. It's a tough matchup for him. You look at – I don't – you don't want to base everything on five regular season matchups, but this can be a tough matchup for a player, especially a team coming off of a loss like the Clippers who may just bear down a little bit. We saw the Lakers do it last night. Like, when you feel like your back's against the wall, you bear down. Luca has a tough matchup, such a high salary, such a high ceiling on the guy. Where do you stand on Luca today? I love him. I think he's my number one play. I wrote him up in the expert survey. He's my guy today. I mean, I, this is the by far the highest scoring game of the of the four games we have. And so I want the premier player, you know, that's going to be getting the most usage in that game. It's going to be Luca. I mean, he's done well his first two games. And last game, I think he only played 28 minutes. There was a little bit of foul trouble. The team still won. But I mean, he's, he's putting up huge per minute numbers. And if if you remove that foul trouble and he's getting, you know, 36 minutes in a really competitive game, I think, you know, this could be his first triple-double of the series. I, you know, love it on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Fair enough, man. Uh, the next wave of guys is also very, very good. And it, and it starts with Karis LeVert and trickles down to Van Vliet, who's been great, Paul George, Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell has, like, had that incredible game one. This next wave here, those four guys, Levert, starting off with Levert, who is – he already had a bump. Like, I don't know how much more we expect him to do, but now you get no Joe Harris. I don't even know if that really helps him because now you have a, a weapon out of the lineup that they don't have to devote coverage to. Like, this is it's a really odd spot. Or or we could see 45 minutes from Levert and 30 shot attempts. We just – so many so many different outcomes here. Where do you, where do you stand on this next wave of guys? So yeah, I think you you covered it well, and that's the big question with question with Levert is, uh, man, I mean that Brooklyn team is just 
just barren of, of other offensive players. So, I mean, yeah, he could be taking all the shots, but I mean, Toronto is a good defensive team. That's why they're favored by like a dozen points today. Like, I don't know about taking that the high score for a team. I don't think is going to score that many points. Um, so, man, I think Levert is definitely in play. I'm definitely going to have him in some of my lineups, but he's just not my favorite guy compared to like Paul George, who again is in that higher scoring matchup. You know, the Clippers have the highest projected points for the day versus the Nets, I think, have the lowest. So, I'd, you know, I'd probably go with Paul George over Karis Levert. Let me ask you this. Where do you stand on Freddie Van Vliet? Because, uh, like, I wasn't thinking a whole lot of him coming into the bubble, but he's assumed, like, the alpha role on Toronto somehow during the bubble time in the playoffs. Where, where do you stand on Fred? You think, do you think he can keep it up? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit worried about this game as a whole, but yeah, I mean, Van Vliet looked amazing, and he, you know, he's a good defensive player too. He kind of, the, which is some of my concern with Levert. But yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a tournament option for me. You know, and maybe if I'm if I'm, you know, maybe I'm pairing Luca with Paul George, and then pairing Levert with uh, with Van Vliet, and seeing seeing what that gets me. You know, when I'm building a, a lineup on Fanduel. All right, then then we got then we're going to go down to some value guys. Uh, the first guy I'd like to talk about, Lou Williams. Uh, appears like Patrick Beverly's out again. That should be a boost for Lou. He's kind of a high upside scoring option. Uh, where do you rank Lou at today? Yeah, so I think of the of the guys that are priced you know below the top guys. I think Lou Williams is my favorite because he can score in bunches. You know, yeah, if, I think Patrick Beverly being out helps him in terms of minutes. Yeah, so yeah, he should should see about thirty two minutes again, again, and yeah, I think he's going to put up some points, and I and I love that game. So, in that same range of guys, probably uh, one of the more popular options. I can't imagine he's not going to be is, is TLC mm-hmm. with a fair a fair price tag, and just you know, he's so shot dependent. If his shots are going, he's going to crush this price tag. But it's a tough defensive team. Uh, that's what he does. He shoots the ball. Where do you stand on TLC today uh, in, in in relation to his ownership projection? Yeah, so, I mean, I liked him a, a couple of days ago, and I liked him a couple of days before that. Now I'm not so sure. I mean, he was using 4,000, 4,400. Now he's up to 5,100. I mean, that's not that that's not that much of a drop-off from Lou Williams. I think it's much for Lou Williams. Yeah, he's at uh, – let me see if I can pull up the – yeah, DraftKings. Yeah, he got a bump on DraftKings too. Man, he needs to make his shots. If, yeah. he, if he doesn't make his shots against a tough defensive team, then there's going to be a lot of people standing there holding a, a pretty poor game out of him. So I think that's an interesting uh, – other guys in the cheap range that you got your eye on today, anybody specifically? Yeah, I mean, it, it drops off pretty quickly. And I, I like the the high-scoring, you know, the higher-priced guys so much. It's tough. I don't see it. A whole lot of value. You've got like Jordan Clarkson there, but now Mike Conley's out. You know, so Clarkson was the guy. You know, first couple games in the series. Now probably not so much. Um, you know, Marcus Smart's always so up and down. You know, it probably helps him Gordon Hayward out, but I, I don't know. I think I'd rather just go other places. Yeah, uh, I think. What about Josh? Real quick, Josh Richardson. I, he's a guy who I think has a really safe floor. I don't know if the ceiling's there unless he stumbles into some steals or some blocks or something. What do you think about Josh Richardson, though, for a cheapie? Yeah, I think he's in play. You know, ben cash, Sim- game, cash game friendly? 
Yeah, I think so. Right. I mean, he's got like 25 points both games so far, and I can see him putting up exactly like 25 again, or, you know, 25 and a half. Um, and so that's not that's not terrible for the price tag. And, you know, he's going to get the minutes, helps that Ben Simmons is out. So, yeah, I think I think he's cash game friendly. Let's move to some small forwards where the big dog here is Kawhi Leonard. You mentioned the, the big 231 total in that game. He's just like he's going to sleep. He can sleepwalk out there and grab 50 points. That's just how he is. Uh, but does he have like much more beyond that? So would that make like that's a big price tag on both sides for him? Where do you stand on Kawhi Leonard? I mean, he he's he's big time. He just does he doesn't have the ceiling that a Luca does, and you're spending not that much less. Right. I mean, so that's where I want to start my lineup if I can. Right? Is is Luca and Kawhi? Because okay. uh, I think that game is going to be high scoring, at least higher scoring than you would have expected, and higher scoring relative to the other three games on the slate. Um, and, you know, we don't have the super high-priced guy today, right? So and I think Kawhi is it. I'll take Kawhi for 9700 on on FanDuel. Um, you know, he's the third highest-priced player, but there's no James Harden at, at 11 8 or, you know, there's no Giannis at eleven five or whatever. So, yeah, I, I like Kawhi tonight. I like the price tag. Okay. Then the next range of guys, it's a pretty significant price drop-off after that. But uh... – that range includes Pascal Siakam, uh, Tobias Harris, and Jalen Brown. Uh, Siakam, man, he's been kind of a disappointment for me as he's taken a backseat in this lineup to uh, Fred Van Vliet here in the bubble and in the playoffs. And uh, some of the rotations seem a, bit, a little bit weird for him. Like he wasn't on the floor until about four minutes left in the game in the fourth quarter of a fairly competitive game against Brooklyn in game two. So, where do you stand on Siakam Harris and, and then Jalen Brown without Gordon Hayward? So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of any of those guys uh, just because I par, partially because I like Kawhi so much. But uh, Siakam, I agree. He's, he's taking a back seat offensively. I mean, in tournaments and, and especially on FanDuel, sometimes he'll get a couple blocks, a couple steals, and then suddenly he starts to shoot up. So, yeah, like for tournaments, um, yeah, I can see Siakam maybe a little more than cash games. Um but yeah, I agree. He's he's not he's not taking charge offensively. And you have to wonder if maybe Nick Nurse and Toronto are just seeing a thing where they they want to attack the Nets with the guard play rather than the big men. All right, fair enough. Now on Fanduel small forward, I find myself really gravitating to the cheaper guys because I like the spend up at the other positions. Uh, if I could, you know, I feel myself getting away from Kawhi, so I like some of the cheaper guys. You got Joe Ingles down there who solid, just rock solid with uh, with the injuries that Utah has and the things that are going on out there. Uh, no Bogdanovich. He, he, he sees a little bit of an uptick. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been fairly decent in, this, in the series. Then you get to a guy like Garrett Temple, OG, and Anubi for Toronto. So you've got some value options down here. I mean, where, where are you – are you turning any of these guys or are you just spinning up on Kawhi and, and – mid-range guy so OG yeah I mean, OG is another guy like you can get like six steals and, and just blow up <laughs> but for the most part I'm not I'm not going to be going there with OG uh Joe Ingles my concern is Mike Conley's back so does that take some of the shine off Joe Ingles and that was his price tags up a little bit so I'm looking even farther down for value like Garrett Temple um I think you know he'll see a little bit of a boost with Joe Harris out uh he's you know pretty consistent 
So, and I, you know, maybe he steps up a little bit more offensively. And then uh, Matisse Tybel with the uh, 76ers near minimum price. So it's small four I'm interested in. Uh, probably not like a cash game play, but again, I, I think like no other player gets more of his fantasy points, more of his fantasy production from blocks and steals than Matisse Thibel. So on, you know, specifically on FanDuel where you're getting three points for each block and steal, you know, it, it hasn't happened so far in the series, but I think he's, he's going to have one of these games where he has like three steals and two blocks and, you know, then like six points and he makes value. Yeah. He's a darn near, like you said, minimum salary. So, that's interesting. Uh, let's move on to power forward. We're whipping through these things real quick. All right, this one, I found this one to be – this is an interesting position. You've got Porzingis. We've got him projected slightly higher than Jason Tatum in raw points, uh, although Tatum's just crushed this series, man. He just looks so good. I don't, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I can get behind that one, but they're both going to get big minutes. Those are your two studs at power forward. Are you playing them both, or if you're not, break the tie between the two? Yeah, I'll definitely have some lineups where I have both of them. I mean, I think they're both good plays, uh, Tatum and Porzingis. It's tough. I probably lean a little bit more towards Porzingis just because of the, the game total. Um, but I'm a, I, don't know, I like both of those guys. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, you got to spend your salary somewhere. And, you know, FanDuel in particular, these power forwards, I think it's a good place to spend. All right, then we we don't really have a mid-range. We got one guy you would classify as the mid-range player here, salary-wise, and he's a guy that I'm just not high on in the playoffs right now. That's Michael Porter Jr., 6.8, getting a good projection, uh, and, and he's done well in the bubble for sure. But, man, if you watch the games, which we've been able to watch in depth with the Island games, he has some defensive lapses, and the head coach does not like it, and he he does have a quick hook here, so – a lot of those points he gathered up last game came in garbage time. Yeah. Where do you stand on Michael Porter Jr. and his upside, but his downside also? Yeah, you said it. I mean, he's yeah, he's getting pulled. So it, it's it's tough to get behind him, particularly when there are other good players at the position. Um, I mean, yeah, you you know, he can he had some huge games in the bubble, and it's hard to get away from that, but I just yeah, like one defensive lapse and he's gonna get pulled. So I, I don't know if I want my line depending on him. And then a guy after that who has uh, displayed, you know, his hit or miss. He's he's a hit or miss player, Serge Ibaka, and he's shown he's shown that to you in the two playoff games. One game, you know, he took some shots, he hit some shots, and he had a great game for the salary. The next game, those shots didn't fall, and the game was very very poor, Serge. So, but the the steadiness is that he's played 26 minutes. He's getting that's what we're going to get out of Serge. We're going to get 26 minutes, good defensive presence. If the, if the if he gets blocks, you're going to have a good game. If the, the shots fall, you're going to have a good one. But if not, you're going to be stuck with holding a poor total. Are you playing Serge in any lineups today? I think so. I, I kind of like Serge Ibaka. I mean, you know, he has a tournament tournament option because again, he's another guy that'll get like three blocks and a steal, and that's you know that's, that'll be twelve points. And suddenly, he's gone from you know having a poor game to having a huge fantasy game. Can't help but wonder. I think Rondé Hollis Jefferson is you know, questionable or potentially out. So maybe that helps Ibaka's minutes even a little bit, right? And like might see 28, 30 if uh you know if if Hollis Jefferson can't play. He is officially out now, RHJ. So All right. maybe maybe that boosts up Surge a little bit. I mean, it doesn't take much for any of these guys to right. like really jump off and like I said, if they're getting their peripheral stats, man, 
and watch out. Okay, so we get after that, and now we're going to start saving money at Power Forward. You got interesting guys like Royce O'Neal, who I think can maintain what he's doing because I think the first game was the anomaly where he got into foul trouble and just couldn't put it together. In the bubble, though, without Bogdanovich, he's looked great. So you got Royce there. You got Marcus Morris. Steady, steady as can be with the Clippers so far in these two playoff games and in the bubble in general. Where do you come out on saving money at Power Forward? So, yeah, I think – I mean, I like O'Neal. I, I like Marcus Morris. I also like Maxi Cleaver. So I, I maybe lean a little bit more towards Cleaver and Marcus Morris because of the high game total. I like the idea of stacking that game a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think Boris O'Neal's right in there. I think Bogdanovich being out helps him a lot. But yeah, I think I, I think he's a good player. Um, so so I, I can go – I would could go with O'Neal if you have the salary there. Any interest in uh, – we, we mentioned Porter Jr. gets the quick the quick hook. Any interest in a Millsap or a Jeremy Grant to step up today? No? They seem to divide it so evenly, and neither one of them is like a high-usage player. So I'm not as interested in them as I am the other guys. I mean, I you know, if you want to like stack that game or something, that's fine. But they just they, – they seem to both get, you know, kind of even playing time on the court, and they, they're both deferential to the other guys that are playing. Fair enough. Go on, going on to center, we've got I, – I like this, this position stacked here, man. This is loaded for a little little four-game slate. You've got some really great players here. So we've got a question in chat that leads us to the first part here. Uh, Embiid, slightly ex- more expensive than Jokic on pretty much every side, just, just a hair more expensive. Where do you stand on those two guys, Jokic or Embiid? Probably going Embiid. I think he's a little bit safer with uh, Ben Simmons out. I mean, he's such a good fantasy point per minute player, and in the regular season, sometimes his minutes are limited a little bit. But like in the in the playoffs, he's going to play as much as he can play. So probably lean towards Embiid. All right, then we've got uh, that next level is Gobert and Jared Allen. Jared Allen been monster, a monster here, and. Uh, should continue that heavy minutes if this game stays even vaguely close. But Gobert's kind of like on the on the verge here of a breakout game against Jokic. He's he he's uh he got caught with the blowout last game. Didn't didn't get his fourth quarter minutes, or else he would have put up a monster total. Where do you stand on those two guys, Gobert and Jared Allen? It's so tough because I like Embiid so much, and he's yeah. you know, Embiid's just center eligible. Um, so you know you start to run out of spots. I'd probably I'd probably like Jared Allen a little bit better than Gobert just because Allen seems to be actually putting the production in already. Uh, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a tough time with either of these guys. Like, I just don't think – they're just kind of in that mid-tier, and I, I think if I'm going pricey, I want to go all the way up to Embiid or Jokic, or I want to try to save some money at the position. If you're saving money at this position, let's say on FanDuel, who are the guys after, – after those four, where are you going? So I, I said a couple of days ago, I think uh, Montrez Harrell is going to have a big game at some point, right? Because his, his price is going to keep going down because he's not seeing huge minutes because he's still getting, you know, his, his cardio back up. Um, but he's going to start playing more and more minutes as his price keeps going down and down. And so, I, you know, this might be the game where you know, he sees you know, 28 minutes and puts up a really good, good score. And now he's, he's below 5,000. So, that's probably where I'm looking if I'm looking to save money at center. And him being on the court pretty much takes Zubac away, so we don't we don't want to do that. So, seven point one k on DraftKings. Where would you would you roster Jared Allen? Is that is that too much on DraftKings? 
No, I mean, I think it's a fair price. I, I think, I'd, I'd, you know, if, if you end up with 7,100 left and you need a center, then I'd feel good about Allen. Um, he's not a guy I'm prioritizing, but I, I think he's it's, it's a good price for him. All right, we'll pull up DraftKings salaries real quick. And uh, we talked about FanDuel. Is there anybody on DraftKings that that is any players on DraftKings standing out rel- with their projection relative to their salary that you think are good values? Uh, I like Royce O'Neal a little bit more on DraftKings than okay. on, on FanDuel. I think there's a big, big gap in salary. Um, and I think he is he's small forward eligible on on DraftKings. So I like Royce O'Neal's a little, little bit more on DraftKings on FanDuel. That TLC salary on DraftKings, is that, does that interest you at all? The 4,600. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're getting, you're getting a, a discount compared to FanDuel. It's just, it's a question of how many Brooklyn Nets do you want on your team? Yeah, fair enough. All right. Let's, let's see if we've got any questions here before we get up out of here. Let's see. Uh, Thoughts on Conley or Siakam? <clears throat> so I like Conley a little bit more on FanDuel. So it depends what site you're talking about. So like I, I said on FanDuel, I really don't like the pricey point guards. I, I think you just use the salary better elsewhere, um, but you have to still t- take two point guards. So I think Conley is very much in play there. Um, on on DraftKings, he's you know, a little bit more expensive, like still a good price, but it's, it's so much easier to move guys around a little bit on DraftKings that like I, he's not as much of a priority for me on DraftKings. All right. What about, uh, yeah, I don't even know about this one, but the man says uh, Boban. He want, I guess he wants your opinion on Boban. He, can you put up another decent game with only playing, you know, pretty limited in his minutes, but per minute, he's really good. What do you think about Boban? Yeah, it's tough. Like, he, what if he just doesn't even get in the game, right? Yeah. Because, uh, like, game one, he played some minutes, but Porzingis was was ejected. I think it was Boban that came in for uh, for Porzingis when he was ejected. But, like, part of that could have been – I think Cleavor is already on the court. Um, ah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a kind of one in 150 tournament option, then sure. But, yeah, I mean, he's – you know, he's going to get 10 minutes, 12 minutes most probably – so, I mean, it's kind of a roll of the dice that he's going to be able to put up a huge score. Would you consider Norman Powell to be chasing points? Do you think that last game was more of a out of line? or Which game? The first game where he was poor, the second game where he was really good? Which game do you think he falls under more, more likely today? I like him a little bit. Like I, uh, I think he's probably closer to the good second game. Uh, and I think some of that, um, you know – He's another guy that might benefit a little bit from Rondae Hollis Jefferson being out um, because that's like the the Raptors bench crew. So maybe maybe the minutes go to Norman Powell a little bit. Fair enough. Got one for you here from uh, Bryant Garcia. What's what's your favorite game to stack today? The Clippers Mavericks by a mile. Uh, mile. Yeah, because I think people are going to be kind of jamming in these um, these Brooklyn Nets. And that's just not a high-scoring game, and they're going to be overlooking the last game of the night. Where you know, like, yeah, if I if I have to take some value, I'd rather take like Reggie Jackson, who's super cheap, might be moving to the starting lineup. I mean, he's got a couple of bad games, but like, I mean, it's going to be a high-scoring game. He's the point guard, so and he's super cheap. So I'd, I'd be stacking that Mavericks uh, Clippers game. Fair enough. Uh, ooh, 
You DK utility spot, DraftKings, doesn't matter what position. Alec Burks or Montrez Harrell. Burks is Burks is interesting because I thought he was I thought he had a chance to be a, a player in this series. And then this last game, I don't know what happened, man. He just fell out of the rotation out of nowhere. So you talk to me about those two guys, Burks or Harrell. No, I saw the same thing. It was really frustrating because I was really high on Burks a couple of days ago. And all of a sudden, like, Raul Nato and, and like, Parkman Corkmaz are in there. I'm like, what are you doing? Put in, put in Alec Burks. I mean, the team kind of needs some scoring. I, I don't know why they wouldn't, wouldn't play more Alec Burks. Um, having said that, you know, it's our job's not to coach the team, right? Our yeah. job's to take the high fantasy scoring players. And that's like, kind of like Harold better, but it's, it is. It's frustrating. I wouldn't. You know, I think both of these guys could be overlooked to some extent. I think both of these guys could see a more minutes than they did last game. I'm probably banking on it a little bit more with, with Harrell because I think it's going to be a steady upswing in minutes, right? Because he's just coming back from from being out of the bubble. He's just working his way into game shape and getting the cardio up there. So I think I think Harrell's a little bit safer. Um, and it, But, yeah, the fact that Al Burks didn't see more playing time is a little frustrating. And, and that'll cause him to be overlooked, but I, I don't yes. know. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. That's going to drive down ownership. And, uh, like, if – I'm not – like you said, we're not here to coach, but Nato came in that game and immediately they coughed up a double-digit lead and he was minus something crazy on the – minus something crazy on, on his nine-minute stretch there. So maybe, you know, they made the adjustment and they'll go back to Burks and you'll get him at – almost no ownership and he's got upside for sure in this kind of game. So I don't mind that. Uh, You know what guys, we're to that point where we've only got about 10 minutes left before the crunch time with Andy means and the boys. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in, John. I appreciate you filling in this morning, man. Anything, any final thoughts you got for the people here on this kind of a slate? No, I mean, I I do. Yeah. My, my big takeaway with the slates is that I liked the last game a little bit more. I mean, you are actually seeing a pretty sizable gap in the point total between the first three games and the last game. So just keep that in mind when you're kind of picking players or if you're, you know, trying to stack a game, uh, you know, just keep in mind there's a sizable point total difference. All right, guys. Again, thanks for tuning in. We're going to get out of here. It was a nice little four-game abbreviated version, but crunch time will walk you through all the way up until lineup lock with some very smart people also. So good luck in all those GPPs this morning for – Myself, Head Chopper, John, our producer, Devin, will be back. I'm sure there'll be a show tomorrow, guys. I just won't be on it. But until then, we'll see you later.